Thank you so much for visiting us online today. We believe God wants to speak to you through the following message. If you would like to connect with us or send us your prayer request, visit us at kingsgatehobs.com. Welcome to week three of Flourishing in Leadership. We made it, you guys. I'm hearing so many testimonies this week, actually. The last week I was hearing, um, you know, that you were excited and that you were excited to grow. This week I'm hearing that the message last week challenged you. And like, man, Pastor Jen, God was speaking to me. God was dealing with me. God was putting a light on some areas of my heart. And that's a good thing. That's a great thing. That's what we want. Um, we're not just here to leave the same. Whenever we do anything... To pursue God, we want to leave changed and different. And that is such a spirit of humility that's over all of you in this class. And just kind of the culture of the class and the culture of Flourish is a spirit of humility and hunger to grow and to learn and to change. And I don't know what's going on, but I know God's working. And so I just want you to know that I'm proud of you. I'm excited. It's going to be great. And we're going to finish strong. Okay, let's open with prayer. Heavenly Father, we just love you tonight. We honor you, we trust you tonight. God, I trust you with the words that are gonna be spoken tonight. I trust you with this group of women that you have brought into this home as a collective group that's come in in such a spirit of unity and humility and support for one another. God, I thank you for what you've entrusted to me tonight. I pray that I would be a good steward of not only your word, but of your presence, of your anointing, and of their time. I pray, God, that the word would go forth and be clear God, that it would make sense, but that you would illuminate. Speak to our hearts. We ask you this every single week. We ask that you would speak to our hearts. Open our eyes to see. Open our ears to hear. God, teach us something new tonight. Lord, I want to learn something new tonight. Holy Spirit, take complete control. We break every attack of the enemy. We bind any attack of the enemy over the atmosphere. And we thank you that the word is going forth and it's landing on good ground and it's bearing fruit that will remain in our lives. God, we want to be fruit bearers for you. We want to be people who carry love and joy and kindness and truth on our lips. Speak to us tonight. Teach us. Encourage us. And Lord, I just thank you right now in a, in a spirit of humility. I just humble myself and I ask you to help me tonight, Holy Spirit. I can't do it without you. I thank you for your peace. I thank you for your rest. I thank you for just a spirit just to, of your anointing to just fall and rest on me tonight, Lord. I can't do it in my own strength. I don't want to do it in my own strength. I want you, Lord. I need you tonight, God. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Lord, we just worship you. Just take a couple minutes and just tell him thank you. God, we just thank you. We invite you in this room by thanking you, by worshiping you. You are faithful. You are faithful. I just worship you. I thank you. I thank you. We praise you no matter what's happening, no matter what's going on, no matter what we're facing. We thank you and we praise you and we trust you with all of our hearts. With all of our hearts, we look to you and we love you. And I thank you right now that you are strengthening leadership in this room you are strengthening understanding to lead boldness to lead confidence to lead we just thank you father right now we love you and we trust you and we believe for fruit in jesus name amen amen so last week we started talking about a healthy leader uh, we talked about healthy finances. We talked about a healthy heart. Um, and this week, I want to talk about healthy communication. And there's two main points that we're going to hit tonight. Um, but 
the first one is the importance of your words. You know, Proverbs 18.21 says, the power of life and death is in the tongue. And I think sometimes we forget that our words are, they can be a tool or they can be a weapon. So imagine yourself with a tool belt and your tool belt is full of different tools that you can use in leadership, in relationships, in ministry, in life, at work. You've got these tools. And one of them, one of the main ones is your words. And I think sometimes we forget how important and how powerful and how impactful our words are. Your words can also be a weapon. And that's misusing our words. Misusing our words to attack someone, to tear someone down. Even if it's in an indirect way or if it's in a, a, a sneaky way, we can use our words and they can tear down. I want you to also, as we're going through this tonight, I want you to think about your relationship with your spouse. Think about your relationship with those that you lead. Think about your relationship with your kids. Because it's important what words you're speaking over your children in your home. Think about the atmosphere in your home. Think about the atmosphere at work. And how you, as one person, as an individual who's filled with the Spirit of God, can change that atmosphere with your words. Some of you work in a Christian environment where it's easier for you. I mean, you still have to be careful with your words. You still have to, to, to walk in love and walk in the Spirit. But for those of you who have a job outside of the ministry or outside of a Christian environment, you know when you go to work every day, you're going to be tempted with your words. You're going to hear things you wish you hadn't have heard. You're going to be tempted to say things that you don't want to say. And so I want you tonight to think about, as we're going through this, think about your words as a tool that you can use to change any atmosphere. Because God says it. It says it right there in Proverbs 18. The power of life and death is in the tongue. So our words are extremely, extremely important. So a couple keys to communication before we get into the, the nitty gritty tonight, and this is going to be a great practical teaching. Um, the first point tonight is going to be about the content of your communication, which is actually the actual words that you're using. And the second point is going to be how to deal with conflict. And it's going to be really practical. How do I deal with conflict? What are some things that I need to do? What are some things I, not, I need to not do in order for conflict to be resolved and for it to be a healthy, fruitful conflict that ends where the relationship is better than it was before, okay? So um, a couple keys to communication, healthy communication is number one, you have, I mean, it's right there in your notes. It's not really, these aren't the, the main points, but these are just a couple bullet points real quick before we get into the, the main points is you have to be brave. So many people struggle with communication because either one, you're worried about what people think. So many people don't communicate because they struggle with what people think of them. They struggle with insecurity. We struggle with insecurity. We all have at some point in our lives, usually a little more when, when you're a teenager and then you're in your 20s and then you get to your 30s and by the time, hopefully by the time we're in our 40s, we're like, it really just, it is what it is. I am who I am. I'm trying to be better, but if you don't like it, you know? And so you have to be brave to communicate. And another thing is, is you have to trust the person you're communicating with. And so I learned this from a book that I read one time, that if you're wanting to develop your communication skills, if you're wanting to develop your, your honest, direct communication skills, start with someone that is extremely safe to you. Don't start with the person that's going to blow up and like throw you for a loop and like change and, and disagree with you and yell at you and argue with you. Start with someone that you 
beyond a shadow of a doubt, you know, no matter what I say, that person's going to love me and is going to have my best interest at heart and is going to think the best of me. Pick one person, whoever it is, and work on honest, direct, clear communication with them. Because that's going to build your confidence to where someday when you need to do it with someone that you're leading or someone that you're working for or someone that's working for you or with a child or with, um, you know, an ex-husband who's giving you a hard time, whoever it may be, you're going to have that confidence and that inner strength that now you've built up that, that, um, that ability, you've built up that, that, what's the word I'm looking for? You've, you've built up the habit and the strength to be able to have those hard conversations. Does that make sense? But if we're just hiding from communication all the time, just like curling up in a ball and hiding and letting everyone else do the talking, you we're not developing ourselves as a leader, okay? You're not leading if you're not communicating. You're not, you're not. You're just, you cannot lead without communication, okay? The next thing that the key, another little, little key before we get going is that you need to be kind in your communication. So we're gonna talk a lot about being direct, being strong, being honest saying what needs to be said, but there is a way to do that and still be kind, okay? We're going to be women who communicate with a kind heart, with a gentle heart, but also with a strength and with a confidence, and it's okay. We're going to talk about it. We're going to talk about it's okay to draw boundaries in your communication or in an argument or in a conflict and say, that's not okay. That's not how this conversation is going to go. It's okay for you to be strong and set those boundaries, but do it in a tone and in a spirit of kindness, Okay? And the next one is, of course, in communication, you have to be led and filled with the Holy Spirit. There are times that the Holy Spirit actually, uh, I'll tell you a quick story real quick. Um, a real quick story real quick. I'll tell you a fast story real quick. Um, I'm working on my communication. <laughs> so Matt and I have had a, a conflict going on for quite a while now that we've been praying over, but we've also been taking steps with. Because there's sometimes that you can pray, and there's other times you have to put feet to your prayers, okay? You can't just... Pray all day long and expect God to drop the solution out of heaven. You have to take steps and you have to take action. And so we were taking action and we were, but we were believing God that this thing was going to be resolved and that it was going to be resolved peacefully and quickly in our favor. Um, but we were dealing with someone who was a liar and a cheat and did not care what the word of God has to say about this and almost completely twisted in their mind that they couldn't believe truth if you tried to, you know those people that you try to tell them and they, it's like they cannot see the truth. Um, and so uh, we're talking about being spirit led. Well, this had gotten to a head where it looked like it was going to go one direction or the other. And so on Saturday, we were talking about it and we were trying to make a decision about what our next step was. And I said, man, Matt, I could be wrong. So if I am, please tell me, because I, I don't want us to step out and do something that's not the Holy Spirit leading us. But I genuinely feel like you're supposed to call him one more time. Before we go do this other thing we're thinking about doing, I really think you need to call him one more time. And so Matt goes, no, that bears witness. I think I, think I need to call him. So we sat down together, and I said, I'll sit here, but I promise I won't say anything. Because usually I'm like, and tell him this. And don't forget to tell him this. And don't forget don't forget what he said about this. And so Matt was like, but you have to promise. And I'm like, I promise. I'm just going to sit. I promise. I'm just going to be quiet. And so I was literally sitting there like this, like trying to not say anything. So he called him. He said, I just wanted to reach out one more time and see if there's any way we can resolve this and walk away in agreement with one another. Is there any way that you would be open to that? And the guys, you know, 
it didn't go perfectly, the conversation, but at the end of the conversation, he said, um, give me till Tuesday. Well, today's Tuesday. So this morning I woke up and I was all, hey, did you hear from him? He's all, no, he's not going to call me. I said, okay, well, call him. Matt goes, you're right. I'm going to call him. So along the way, we could have not been led by the Holy Spirit and not called him and not reached out to him one last time. We could have gone the other route or today we could have left it and we would have been in the right. We gave him every opportunity to make it right. Today, Matt called him. They had like a 10 minute conversation. They settled, agreed, and it all came completely done in agreement. The whole situation is resolved and this has been going on for almost a year. So it was probably going to go another year, but today, with that conversation, everything was resolved, and everything, um, the conflict was resolved. So the, the third point is that we want to be led by the Holy Spirit. There will be times that you need to make that call, but before you make the call, you need to think through, what am I going to say? How, what, what direction, Holy Spirit, do you want this conversation to go? Give me wisdom. Give me insight. It's, the Holy Spirit is going to, it's almost like he's your coach in the huddle that's going to tell you things he sees the other team doing that you don't even know they're doing. When you're playing in the game, you can't see what that sneak attack is, but the coach on the sidelines can see it. And the Holy Spirit is that secret weapon in the huddle going, hey, this is how we need this conversation to go, and he's going to guide you. So we don't want to communicate just in the flesh, just like flying off on the handle, okay? That's not, that's not wise communication, Okay. So number one, in having healthy communication, number one, create a culture with your words. I want you to imagine your words. Have you guys seen Encanto? Okay, have you seen the, the cartoon? So you know the girl who has like the, the, her gift is that everything around her blooms and becomes beautiful? That's your words. So everywhere that you're walking around, you're creating a culture with your words. And supernaturally in the spirit realm, somebody tell me, how did God create the earth? He spoke it, right? He said, let there be light. And there was light. Um, and so everywhere that you go, everywhere that you're walking, everywhere that you are, you can create a culture around you with your words. And you know what it's like to be around people who are creating a culture of death, negativity, um, decay, depression, um, sickness, um, hopelessness complaining. You know what it's like to be around those people. We want to swing to the opposite extreme and be people who create an atmosphere and a culture of positivity, hope, faith, love, seeing the best in others, speaking the best of others, speaking well of our husbands, speaking well of our kids. There's no better compliment to your family than for you to brag about them when they're not around. Talk well of them. Speak well of them. Speak well of your husband. If he does something that's great, tell somebody. That is speaking life over that relationship. And that relationship will start to blossom. There'll be this new little flower of joy, new little flower of hope, new little flower of love between you and that person when you will do this, if you'll do this. So create a culture in your home, in the workplace, in your friend group, or in your connect group with your words. I want you to write down three words to describe the culture that you want to create around you. Right there in your notes. Did I leave three blanks for it? Okay. So write down three words without looking through the notes on what we're going to talk about. Pick three words that describe. These are the types of words. No, sorry. This is the culture I want to create in my home or in my office or in my connect group. Okay. So we're going to move through this now and we're going to talk about how words create culture and what are some godly characteristics of the words we want to be using. 
The first one is we want to be intentional with our words. Proverbs 13.3 says, Those who control their tongue will have a long life. Opening your mouth can ruin everything. So the first one is intentional. Proverbs 13.3, Those who control their tongue will have long life. Opening your mouth can ruin everything. So that conversation that I had the other day, we could have moved out too quickly. We could have said the wrong thing. We could have um, opened our mouths too quickly. And how many times can you think of a time where you mouthed off and you're like, oh, I just ruined everything. That, our words are incredibly powerful. So we want to be intentional with our words. What does intentional mean? It means I think through what I'm about to say. I think through that I need to have that conversation. I think through before I spout off or snap back when somebody says something to me. Okay. The second one is that our words are wise. Proverbs 10, 13 says, Wise words come from the lips of people with understanding. Proverbs eleven twenty two says, A beautiful woman who lacks discretion is like a gold ring in a pig's snout. How many of you read that this week and thought, What in the <laughs> world does that mean? Okay, think about a pig with a beautiful gold ring in its snout. It seems like that's kind of a waste, right? Like, get that beautiful gold ring and let's do something more valuable with it. What this is saying is that a beautiful woman, you can have everything together on the outside. You can have it all together with the, the way that you present yourself physically and on the outside. You can diet and work out and wear your makeup just right and watch all the makeup tutorials and get your hair cut just right, pick out all the right clothes. But at the end of the day, if you lack discretion, the Bible compares you to a, a gold ring in a pig's snout. And so what's more, basically it's saying what's more valuable, outer beauty or inner beauty? Inner beauty. What is discretion? Does anybody know what discretion is? Discretion is the, huh? Yeah, viewer discretion is advised. That's a perfect example. Discretion, the actual um, um, definition of discretion is the quality of behaving or speaking in such a way as to avoid causing offense or revealing private information. That is powerful. So when we're, when we're discreet about something, and we, in our, in our friend group, we make jokes about who's the most discreet and who's the most not discreet, and we're like, it's so obvious what you're thinking right now. Like, be more discreet about it. And so we make jokes about it. But discretion is saying, I hold some private information. It might make me feel important to share this information right now. Because how many of you know, sharing important information, a secret that you have, it makes you feel important. But... It's just, that's just selfish and immature. If you hold information that's important and secret, you hold it because you have discretion and you're a woman who's wise. Um, let's talk about a spirit of slander and gossip. Proverbs 10, 18. Hiding hatred makes you a liar. Slandering others makes you a fool. Okay, so I want to say something right here about gossip and slander. We're talking about a spirit of gossip and slander. Now, if you have a situation with someone in your life and your heart is, I am troubled about that relationship, I am troubled about that person, and I need to talk to somebody because my goal is for my heart to be right. Then talk to somebody. That's not slander and that's not gossip. Remember we talked about in the first week of, that it's the heart of the issue? So I think we all know the difference in just gossiping about someone and slandering someone versus I need help with this, I'm really struggling with this, and 
I can't get past this with that person. Okay, we know the difference in those two. And so we have to, as godly women, we have to guard against slander and gossip. It's, it's, it's a very serious thing to God. We're going to read these verses. Slander and gossip tears people down. Those words that you're using in the atmosphere and in the spirit realm are tearing those people down. So even with this person that I had all the reasons to be mad at and to slander all, I could have posted it all over Facebook and told the whole world about how dishonest this person was. But we didn't. We, were, we held each other accountable. We wanted to. We wanted to attack. We wanted to fight, like on You've Got Mail. Fight, fight, fight. We wanted to fight, but we didn't. We were careful not to slander, not to gossip, not to talk bad. Did we talk to our closest inner circle? Absolutely, because we needed the support to get through that situation. We talked to our inner circle, but we didn't get out there and just talk to the whole world about this person and what they were doing. Slander and gossip is a sin. And God takes it very seriously. And when you feel a check in your heart, and I have this too. I'm not pointing the finger at you. We all have to work on this. I have this too. When I feel a check, I have to, I have to humble myself and go, Lord, I'm sorry. I shouldn't have said that. Or go back to the person and say, I'm sorry. I shouldn't have said that about her or him or whatever. Okay? Proverbs 11:9. With their words, the godless destroy their friends, but knowledge will rescue the righteous. Again, we talked about safety in our words. And, and are you guys getting it? Are you seeing how important our words are? That this is a serious thing? That with our words, we can destroy our friends. That is, that's a very strong statement. Proverbs 11, 11. I'm going to read it again. Upright citizens are good for a city and make it prosper. But the talk of the wicked tears it apart. Can you believe that? The talk of the wicked tears apart an entire city. <clears throat> Are our words powerful? Are y'all starting to notice that our words are incredibly powerful? Proverbs eleven thirteen: A gossip goes around telling secrets, but those who are trustworthy can keep a confidence. And Proverbs sixteen twenty eight. I'm going to read it out loud one more time. Proverbs sixteen twenty eight: A troublemaker plants seeds of strife. Gossip separates the best of friends. So we have to be very careful to be wise with our words. Um, the last verse I want to share in this section is Proverbs 12, 14, and 18. And I'm just going to read that so we can keep going. Proverbs 12, 14, and 18. Wise words bring many benefits, and hard work brings rewards. And verse 18. Some people make cutting remarks, but the words of the wise bring healing. Think about that, guys. Think about cutting remarks. In the Latin culture, we like to say indirectas. Think about the little cutting remarks, the little things that we say out of insecurity, the little things that we say to try to make ourselves look better, the little things that we say that just to hurt somebody a little bit because we're, I'm guilty of this. If I catch my, it's like what Heather said in that video. If I catch myself, I don't want to say stabbing because it's not quite that strong. If I catch myself, pricking somebody with my words like I'm not going to come at you and just hurt you outwardly but if I catch myself and you know yourself better than anyone else kind of just jabbing somebody a little bit with my words I'm like something in here is going on something in my heart is off concerning that person and I got to work on it and I don't care how ungodly imperfect liar manipulator I don't care how bad they are I have to deal with me I am my responsibility. They are God's responsibility. And so if I catch myself with these little 
I'm like, I need to work on my attitude towards that person. I need to forgive that person. I need to walk in love with that person. Our words are powerful, wise words. Okay, the next one, truthful words. So that I can save time, guys, I, you guys just follow along. Look it up with me, and we're going to read them together, okay? Proverbs 11, 5. The godly are directed by honesty. The wicked fall beneath their load of sin. Proverbs 11, 3. Honesty guides good people. Dishonesty destroys treacherous people. Proverbs 8, 6. Listen to me, for I have important things to tell you. Everything I say is right. Okay, that is wisdom talking. That is, that is the kind of attitude and words we want to have. It says, everything I say is right, not dishonest. Proverbs 10.10. 10. Are you guys enjoying the book of Proverbs? Are y'all reading it at home? So good. Proverbs 10.10. 10. People who wink at wrong cause trouble, but a bold reproof promotes peace. So when you see something wrong and you just ignore it, it causes trouble. But when you have a bold reproof, meaning a correction of, hey, that's not right, it promotes peace. Number three was truthful. Our words need to be truthful. We need to be honest. We need to tell the truth even when it hurts. We need to not manipulate a narrative so that it benefits us. We need to not be manipulative with our words. Women are the best at this. We can... We can Get away with just about anything we want by properly coordinating our words. We can create whatever storyline we want to get what we want. Some of us are better at that than others. And some of us have to work on that. But we want to be honest. People of integrity. People of character. Do you know how, do you know how rare it is in today's world to find people who are people of character? Who are just going to do the right thing? Just going to be honest and do the right thing. And what you see is what you get. You're not having to wonder, are they real? What do they really think about me? What are they really doing behind closed doors? Nothing. I, I, nothing, I, I dislike nothing more than somebody who's one way with me, but then some other way with somebody else. Or real sweet and like sugary and wonderful with me and flattering. That's another thing about truthful words. Truthful words don't flatter. Don't just tell me how great I am and then not follow it up with action. Don't lavish me with these words of flattery. Flattery, the Bible talks about flattery, and flattery is not a truthful, honest way of living. Tell me what you really love about me. Speak from the heart. Be real. Be honest. Tell me what you love about me, but don't flatter me and then go talk about me to somebody else. Be real. Be honest. And if you don't like a person, compliment their shirt. <laughs> you know? <laughs> you know, I really like your earrings. I'm just saying, if you, if you encounter somebody that you're like, I don't know how to be, I don't know how to be truthful and not flatter this person and lie to them, you know? Like, we're, you're not going to, especially in leadership, let's break this down for a second. If you're a leader and you have to sit down with an employee, if you're a leader and you have to sit down with someone in your connect group, you don't want to flatter them and build them up with a bunch of false things that's wonderful about them. That's how American Idol happens where those people go on there and they, they, they audition and they're terrible. Well, they never had anybody in their life sit them down and go, baby, you're good at a lot of things, but singing's not one of them. That's what happens when we're not truthful with the people that we're leading. Don't flatter someone and just build them up because you're afraid of it. But also don't like walk up to them and say, you're a terrible singer. Why are you even doing this? Like, obviously, we want to use kindness. 
but truthful words. Don't flatter. Speak from the heart. Be yourself. Be honest. Be a woman of integrity. Number four, wholesome. The definition of wholesome is promoting moral well-being, good health, and physical well-being. Wholesome words bring health and healing to the people around you. Wholesome words are careful, tactful, and pure. Let's talk about perverse words. Uh, Proverbs 8.8, 8, the opposite of wholesome is perverse. Proverbs 8.8, 8, my advice is wholesome. There is nothing devious or crooked in it. Proverbs 8.13, all who fear the Lord will hate evil. Therefore, I hate pride and arrogance, corruption, and perverse speech. So if we're going to be leaders, we don't talk dirty. We don't tell dirty jokes. We don't repeat what we saw on Saturday Night Live last night that was filthy and we should have never even been laughing at in the first place. Wholesome words. Words that promote moral well-being. That, I love that definition of wholesome. Promotes moral well-being. Create an atmosphere in your connect group, in your home, in your work. Create an atmosphere of wholesome conversation. You can have wholesome conversation and still have a great time. You can have wholesome conversation and still have girl talk, but it doesn't have to go perverted. It doesn't have to go past that line over into worldliness. Matt and I were talking about, Matt, Pastor Fabian and I were talking about this today about how, why even be in the church if you want to look and sound like the world? Why even do it? I mean, what's the point in even trying to, I mean, unless, unless you're, you're a baby Christian and you're trying to become more like Jesus and you're, you know, you're growing year by year and, and day by day, but if you're the exact same as you were the day you got saved, what's the point? Why? We don't want to look and sound like the world. You should be different. When you go to work and there's conversations happening, you should be the one who's just quiet, who's not saying anything. And it's okay to speak up. I don't know how many times I've been to the gym and there's a guy cussing to another guy and it's usually these I hate to say it, these dumb teenagers who really think there's something special by how many cuss words they can use in a minute. And, and I'm like, no, you know what? I'm, it's enough. Like the first two I kind of ignored, but now it's too much. And I don't want to hear that today while I'm trying to get my workout. And I'll go over and I'll go, hi, I'm so sorry. Do you mind watching your language? It's offensive to me. And I'm very kind, but usually nine times out of 10, they go, oh, miss, I'm sorry. Yes, ma'am, I'm sorry. And immediately they change their, they change their talk. And it's okay for you to stand up and do that at work or in, in your place of, of leadership, okay? Create an atmosphere of wholesome conversation. The next one is plain and clear. I love this one, y'all. Proverbs 8, verse 9. As a leader, we want our words to be plain and clear. Um, verse 9 says, My words are plain to anyone with understanding, clear to those with knowledge. As a leader, do not beat around the bush. As a leader, if you need to give instruction, if you need to give um, direction, if you are organizing something in, at work or at home or wherever you are, if you are leading something, be clear about what you expect. Say, don't be late to class. Say, here's what we're gonna read this week. I can't wait to see you. Be clear. I hope and I pray that you feel that in this class I am clear in what I'm saying to you and what I'm expecting from you. Because if I'm not clear, then I'm expecting you to read my mind. With Matt and our relationship at home, we are clear and plain with each other. I, I feel like we as women are more guilty of this than men. We expect our husbands to read our minds a lot. Like, 
Well, why didn't well why didn't you tell me I was pretty? Well, I thought you were beautiful, but I just didn't. Well, why not? Well, I told you yesterday. Yeah, but I wanted you to hear it today. That's just we we expect them to read our mind. Well, why didn't you call me and invite me to lunch today? Well, I didn't know you wanted to go to lunch today. I took I, I take you to lunch. I love you. We spend time together. Yeah, but I wanted you to take me to lunch today. Well, why didn't you call me and invite me to lunch? Like, be plain and clear. Don't be don't be like confusing and um, cloudy and disorganized and what's the other word I'm looking for like um, like what's the word when you're evasive and like complicated and just be plain and be clear with the people that you lead tell them what you expect tell them when you want it done if you have an assignment that you're giving somebody that you're leading say hey I need this I need it done here's the deadline let me know if you need more time. Be plain. Be clear. Don't don't give all the extra stuff. And I tend to be a little bit more of a man in my communication style this way. I'm very logical, less emotional. So I'm very like two plus two equals four. We don't need all the other stuff. That's it. That's just my personality and my style. And so we have to be kind. But I just want to emphasize again: be plain, be clear. Don't be expecting something that you haven't communicated. Don't expect somebody to meet a need that you haven't communicated is a need. Okay? Does that make sense? Don't do that to your husbands. Okay? Don't do it. Don't do it to your don't do it to your kids either. Your poor kids. They're like, "Mom, I didn't know." And you're like, "Why didn't you why didn't you uh, wash the dishes? Why didn't you sweep the floor? Why didn't you take out the trash?" "Well, I didn't know I was supposed to do all that." "Well, I told you last week." "Yeah, but today's today. There's seven. Tell them again." Okay? Tell them again. Be plain and clear. Put it on the wall. Write it down. Say every week, here's your checklist. Make things plain for the people that you're in relationship with. Give them a break. It's exhausting when things aren't plain and clear. Give them a break. And I'm this way in my friendships too. All of my friends will tell you, if I'm having a hard time, I will call you up and say, hey, I miss you. Where have you been? Well, I've been busy. Okay, well, I'm, I, need me, I need you and me time. I'll tell you. Like, no, your kids aren't invited. Just me. I need you to focus on me. I'll tell you straight up. That's just my personality. But it makes those friendships easier. It makes those friendships lighter because we're not like wondering and reading each other's minds and making it real cryptic and mystical. Okay? All right. Uh, the next one is encouraging. We want our words to be encouraging and life-giving. We're going to skip some of those verses on down to just Proverbs 12, 12. I love this verse. Thieves are jealous of each other's loot, but the godly are well-rooted and bear their own fruit. Does anybody know what that verse means? It's in your notes. Thieves are jealous of each other's loot, but the godly are well-rooted and bear their own fruit. Basically, it's saying thieves or ungodly are just constantly jealous of each other. Like, you know, let's go, let's go rob Walmart. Okay, let's do it. And then after they rob Walmart, one of them's like jealous that you got the TV and I got this, the surround sound system. Like, what? <laughs> you know, and so, but it's saying the godly are well-rooted and bear their own fruit. Don't worry about what someone else is doing. Bear your own fruit. Be well-rooted. Bear your own fruit. Be encouraging and secure enough to give life-giving words. This is what I'm talking. Uh, this is the point I want to make on that. Is that we're not going to be so jealous of each other and each other's accomplishments that we're that we can't give life-giving words to each other. 
I want this church and our connect groups and our um, community and our families to have the culture of life-giving words. Insecurity will keep you from complimenting and building somebody else up. Security will cause you to lavish words of affirmation and hope. Prophesy over the people in your home. Say, you're doing great. I am proud of you. You're growing. You're maturing. Even if you feel like they're not, speak it over them. Speak life over them. You're, you're, you're smart. You're doing great. You have favor. You're, you're my favorite. You're beautiful. You're strong. You're intelligent. Speak, over, speak life. Give compliments. Give compliments all day long. Build the community of life-giving words. Like that verse says, the power of life and death is in the tongue. Give life to people. Encourage people. If you run into somebody at, at the grocery store, give them an encouraging word. Say, hey, you look great today. How's your day going? I'm just believing today's going to be a great day. You're going to have a great week. Use your words liberally to give life. Be positive. Speak life. All right? Now let's move into the second section. How to handle conflict. So words are super, super important. Communication is super important. We want to talk about how to handle conflict. Proverbs 17, 1 says, Better a, day, a dry crust in peace than a house filled with feasting and conflict. Better a dry crust in peace. Like I'd rather eat the leftover pizza in peace than a house filled with steaks and baked potatoes and brownies and chocolate cake and conflict. That talks about the, 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 the power and the importance of the atmosphere in your home. Proverbs 14.4, without, now this is a good one. I want you guys to understand this one. Without oxen, a stable stays clean, but you need a strong ox for a large harvest. What in the world does that have to do with conflict? Well, conflict is messy. Conflict is hard work. Conflict is not something any of us want to get involved with or do. But if we will get involved, do it, and do it right, it will produce a harvest in our relationships. It will make those relationships deeper, more healthy, more beneficial, or it'll make the, the relationship end, and you didn't need to have it in the first place. That's the two directions this is going to go. If you'll properly deal with conflict. So um, Proverbs 15.1, in talking about conflict, a gentle answer deflects anger, but harsh words make tempers flare a gentle answer deflects anger but harsh words make tempers flare so in dealing with conflict i want you to look at three things your words what words are you using and we just went over all the types of words we should be using questions what questions are you asking okay think about it what questions should i be asking when i'm dealing with conflict and your tone does your tone promote understanding okay so as we go through this, how to deal with conflict, the end goal always in dealing with conflict is understanding. I want to understand you, and I want you to understand me. And if we can get there, then we're going to walk away from this in a better relationship and in a healthy relationship. Okay? All right. So the first thing we want to do is we want to approach with humility. If your goal going into that conversation is... I am right, and I'm going to force you to see that. <laughs> then it's not going to go anywhere, okay? Most conflict, not all, I know you might feel this way, but not all conflict is 100% you're right and 0% they're, and 100% they're wrong. Most of the time, there's some, there's some balance there, either 50-50 or 70-30. So when you're dealing with conflict, and now 
most of what we're going to talk about tonight is talking to a healthy person. If you're dealing with an unhealthy, unstable person, that's a different kind of conflict that we will talk about separate. This is you talking to a healthy, stable person and having a conflict with them, okay? The second thing, after you've approached with humility, oh, I'm sorry, Proverbs 13.10 says, pride leads to conflict. Those who take advice are wise. Pride leads to conflict. So if you go into the conflict with pride, you're just going to make matters worse, okay? How many of you guys have dealt with a conflict in the last week? Anybody? Okay. How many of you should have dealt with a conflict in the last week, but you hid from it? Okay. Good. Honesty. All right. So the second thing, the second, the second thing we want to do in dealing with conflict is create space. Um, you want to carve out time. You want to make sure that there's no distractions or interruptions. You don't want to have this conversation in the middle of Pizza Hut with all the kids' softball teams that came to eat at the buffet. You want to have this conversation in a place. Now, this is when we're dealing with not conflict that just, like, pops up. Obviously, conflict can pop up at Pizza Hut, too. But I'm talking about conflict that you have to deal with. You want to carve out time, create a space, light a fire, sit down, no distractions, no phones. Put your phones away, please. Nothing is more offensive. Nothing tells me that you don't care about this conversation like you picking up and looking at your phone in the middle of this conversation. You just told me you could care less about me and this conversation. So put your phones down, put them away face down so that they don't distract you. Focus on that person. And remember, what's the end result? Understanding. Understanding. Okay. Number three, address the facts. Okay, before we get into the emotions, before we get into, you're going to have to compartmentalize. Now listen, as a leader, you, I promise you, you will deal with conflict. If you're not dealing with conflict, you're not leading well. Okay, that means you're just letting things go. So you must deal with conflict as a leader. This is in your home. This is in any, in any atmosphere of leadership. Before you get into, now you're going to have to compartmentalize and tell yourself, I feel angry. I feel hurt. I feel uh, rejected. I feel so many things, but I'm going to take all that and I'm going to set it on the table for now. I'm going to leave it right here. I'm going to come back to that. I'm going to leave it here and instead I'm going to deal with the facts. Okay. The facts. This is how you deal with the facts. You say, okay, you said this to me. You said, um, I don't know. Um, you said I was ugly. <laughs> you said that. Um, you said you were going to do this. Okay, there we. That's a good example. You said you gave me your word that you were going to do this, and you didn't do it. Okay, so now we're just dealing with facts. Everybody following? Mm -hmm. What's another one? Uh, you did this. So a different example is you. Um, Molly's got a lot of good ones. You overspent. You overspent. You used the credit card when we agreed we weren't going to. You did that, and we had agreed that we weren't going to do that. Now, I'm just dealing with the facts. Okay. Now, we also don't want to deal with conflict entirely pointing the finger and going, you did. We can also say, I did. So we're just dealing with the facts. You said you were going to do this. I said I was going to do this. I broke my word to you, and I'm sorry. And we talk about how you broke your word to me. Okay? That's a very healthy way to start off conflict. Um, I said, I, uh, man, I'm having a hard time coming up with conflict examples. Um, anybody else got one? 
sekali. I said no, no, like something hurtful, like um. What's something hurtful that somebody has said to you at work or? What's an I said, not you said? Either one. You said I was unreliable. Okay, this is perfect. Valley's bringing up a good example here. So when someone tells you you are not dependable, that hurts. They're, they're attacking your character, right? So when you come to that conflict, you come back to talk about the conflict, you're going to say, you said I wasn't dependable. No, we're dealing with the facts. That's what hurt me. You're not going to come at them with, I'm dependable. I can't believe you said that. And how dare you? And I'm so hurt over this. And I just, ah! they're, they're not going to hear what you have to say. Okay. Sit down and say, you said that I wasn't dependable. I don't believe that I'm not dependable. And that hurt my feelings. Can we talk about it? Okay. So the next step is pick those feelings back up that we said on the table over here. We're going to pick those back up. And now we're going to bring those to the conversation. You said I wasn't dependable. This is how it made me feel. You came home from work and went straight to the shower and went to bed and you didn't help with the kids and you didn't help clean up the kitchen and this is how it made me feel. I felt I didn't have support. I felt you didn't care about my day. I felt, I'm not using this example about Matt because he never does this, so don't think any of these are Matt. <laughs> I felt not supported. Or how about this? Um, hey, you guys all, I saw on Instagram that you guys all went to dinner together and you didn't, you didn't invite me. Okay, first of all, make sure you have that conversation and you don't expect them to read your mind. They probably didn't think you wanted to go. That's why they didn't invite you. So you, let's use that as an example. Hey, I saw on Facebook you guys went to dinner and you didn't invite me. That made me feel rejected. And hey, I probably have some rejection issues. I had a bad relationship with my dad. So I'm sorry that I'm sensitive in this area, but it hurt me and I felt rejected by you. Can, do you see how much easier it is to deal with that than just being mad at someone for three weeks and wondering why, she isn't, why she's responding to your text messages with one word? Hey girl, how are you today? Fine. Hey, did you have a good day? Yes. What are you doing this weekend? Nothing. And you're like, what in the world did I do? And then we find out that three months ago, you didn't get invited, you didn't invite her to dinner. Instead, the next day, call them up. Deal with the facts, explain your emotions, Seek understanding, okay? I, t if anything else, I really want tonight, I really want to make communication and conflict, I want to simplify it and bring it back to it doesn't have to be as bad as it is. It doesn't have to be as scary as it is, okay? The next one is draw boundaries. So drawing boundaries in a conflict conversation is saying, hey, I want to hear you. I value what you need to say but I need to be heard too. So shata. Okay? <laughs> I want to hear you. I, I, your feelings are important to me. But I started this conversation trying to talk to you about how it made me feel. So let me be heard. Hear me. And then let's talk about how it made you feel. It's okay for you to, to, to in a conversation of conflict, if it starts to get escalated, or maybe you're the one escalating it, it's okay for you to stop and go, you can't talk to me like that. If we're going to have this conversation, you need to bring it down. Draw healthy boundaries. Know how you should be spoken to and expect it. It's okay for you to do that. And it may not work, but try. Because just yelling at each other and walking away angry and going to bed angry, what, what good did you just do? You did nothing. 
But the, I'm telling you guys, the fruit of healthy conflict and resolving conflict is a deeper relationship, okay? A healthy relationship. The next one is ask questions. Okay, so what did you mean when you said I was undependable? What did you mean by that? What, what in the world could possibly make you think that I'm not dependable? <laughs> what? Ask questions. Ask, um, hey, I feel like you meant this, but did you mean something else by that when you said that? Oh my gosh, the number of times Matt and I have said that phrase to each other, because we communicate really well, but we work at it because we communicate so differently, like so different. When I first met Matt, I was like, okay, this isn't it. Like I can't, this, he is from Mars and I am, I can't, like he's speaking Chinese. We cannot get on the same page about anything, but we're, we're both, we love to communicate and we want to communicate, but we have to really work at it. And we say this a lot. Hey, when you said that, did you mean this? Surely you didn't mean that. You meant something else. Instead of me just thinking he meant the bad thing and going, going around hurt with him, give them an opportunity to explain. Okay. The next one is seek understanding. Listen to understand. Listen to understand. Listen, you are not communicating if you're not listening. You're just talking. Okay? So we've gone through all these steps where you've presented it, you've talked to them, you've told them how it made you feel. Now they don't have to read your mind. And, they're, they're, and then if they're mad at you for it, say, hey, look, well, the other option is you could just read my mind. <laughs> Like, the other option is I could, you could just read my mind and I'll never tell you how I feel. That one works a lot too. So we want to seek understanding. You aren't communicating if you aren't listening. It's okay for you to say in a conversation because your goal is to understand. It's okay for you to say, I don't quite understand where you're coming from, but I want to. Can you help me understand? I don't understand. I don't understand where you're coming from. I don't like, I'm not on the same page with you, but I want to be. Can you help me understand? Write that down. If it's not in your notes, use that phrase. Um, I'm going to use Vali as an example. Vali and I are very good friends, sister-in-laws. Um, what else are we? Your I'm her, one of her bosses, one of her mentors, one of her pastors. So we have a very interesting complicated relationship but we do really well at it because we work at communicating and I remember sitting back there in the sunroom I don't remember if we were in person or over the phone and I was hurt about something and I know she wouldn't mind me telling you because she didn't mean it like she didn't do anything wrong really she did nothing wrong but there was something going on that was hurting my feelings and I noticed it because every time it would happen I was like why am I so like why am I so irritated with Bali over that so finally I thought okay it's time I got to talk to her so I approached the conversation and said, hey, when you say this, it makes me feel rejected. It makes me feel insecure. It makes me feel like you're not on my side. It makes me feel this way, and it hurts. And it probably stems from my other insecurities in other relationships, and I'm sorry if I'm projecting that, but is that what you mean? Can you share your heart with me? And so then she shared her heart where... She thought I was coming a from a different angle, and I was—I didn't mean it, and she didn't mean it, and we were misunderstanding each other. And by the end of that conversation, since then, our relationship has even been more open and more free because we understood each other. The goal is to understand because if you love that person and they love you, don't you want to be close to them? Don't you value that relationship and want it to do well? Then you have to deal with conflict. You cannot ignore conflict. So the next one is... Um, 
ask more questions. Ask more questions. So you've already asked questions, now ask some more. Hey, what else is going on in your life right now? I don't know how many times as a leader, guys, I do this at least twice a week. At least. Somebody's funky, somebody's moody, somebody ain't right, and I call them up or text them and say, hey, is everything okay? What's going on? Because it's not personal to me. Usually what's going on with you is not me. It's usually something else heavy that you're going through in your life, and I just happen to be in the in the gun in the fire in the what's the word in the Cross. the crossfire like whoa I'm just getting hit by your bullets that you're shooting at someone else right so if you're a leader who cares about your people who's interested and invested in their well being with your kids with your spouse with the people that you're leading wherever it is you're gonna sit down with them or you're gonna send them a text and go hey you don't seem like yourself instead of saying why are you being a jerk you're gonna say you don't seem like yourself today. This morning you seemed a little rude. What's going on? And usually there's something else going on. It doesn't even have to do with you. Hear them out. Seek understanding. Ask questions. Your circumstances are important to me, but they are affecting our relationship. How can I help you resolve those issues so we can move forward together? Look, something's going on with, with your, your ex. And I understand that that is tough. But it is affecting your relationship with me. And your, our relationship is important. Adrian and I have had this conversation before where I value our friendship. I place high, she places high value on our friendship. We highly value each other's friendship. And if there's ever a time that we just don't understand each other, we say, you're going through something and it's affecting our relationship. How can I lighten that load to make sure we are still close at the end of whatever it is you're going through? Because I don't want to be pushed away, and I don't want to push you away. I want to stay close through your trial. Okay? So ask questions. Find out what else is going on. You guys, especially with your kids, ask questions. If your kids come home from school acting crazy, please sit them down. Put away all the phones. Put away the TV. Put away the computer. Ask questions. Dig deep and find out what is going on in their lives. Something's going on. Follow your motherly intuition. And the last one is forgive. Proverbs 17, 9. Love prospers when a fault is forgiven, but dwelling on it separates close friends. One more time. Read that one more time. Love prospers when a fault is forgiven, but dwelling on it separates close friends. So the end of that conflict is to say, okay, this is resolved. I love you and I forgive you. Do you love me and forgive me? I had this conversation with a friend recently that I had been MIA in our relationship for like two years. And... She was like, man, I just missed you. And I was like, I literally was going through a lot. It wasn't personal. I was going through my own struggle, and I am sorry. Do you forgive me? I asked her, do you forgive me? She goes, oh, I don't have to forgive you. I love you. We're fine. But I was seeking that forgiveness, and she was seeking that forgiveness. The ultimate goal at the end is for you to walk away loving and forgiving each other and on the same page. Okay? Everybody good? Is that good? All right. So as leaders, we want to be intentional and careful with the words that we use and the content but then we also want to know how to properly deal with conflict. All right? All right, let's pray. Heavenly Father, we just love you tonight. We thank you for the wisdom. Lord, thank you for the wisdom of your word. What a wealth of wisdom that your word is. Just simply Proverbs. What a wealth of wisdom it is to teach us, to guide us, to coach us. I pray right now that every person in this place dealing with conflict, trying to lead, working on their communication, working on their words, would feel strengthened. 
<laughs> would feel loved. Father, that they would feel and know that you are with them. I pray for anyone in this place that's timid or afraid to communicate, that you would strengthen them and give them the boldness and the bravery to sit down and have those difficult conversations. I pray that there would be conversations this week that would be fruitful, that conflict would be resolved, that we'll hear testimonies of relationships that have been struggling, that are being healed and restored, that kids and, and the atmosphere in homes is changing as we are intentional about using life-giving words at home. Father, right now, we as women, we all agree and we all commit right now to, to using our words in our homes to build up and not to tear down. I just want to give you an opportunity right now with every eye closed, nobody looking around. I want you to raise your hand if you're saying, Pastor Jen, I want you to agree with me. I need to change the atmosphere in my home with my words. There's too much negativity. There's too much conflict. There's too much complaining. There's too much unwholesome talk. And I want to change the atmosphere in my home. If that's you, I want you to raise your hand so I can see you and agree with you. <coughs> All right, let's just agree and pray right now. Father, in Jesus' name, every home in this place, I speak life. I speak healing. I speak unity. I speak um, divine connections, relationships. I tear down every negative word that's been spoken and every fruit and every seed that's been planted right now in Jesus' name. Father, anything that's been planted that isn't of you, we, we uproot it right now and we begin to plant seeds of truth, hope, love, joy, and, and just wholesome talk, encouraging, life-giving words over our kids, over our husbands, over our home, and over those that we lead. I pray, Lord, that we would be women who lead with wise words, with wise speech, and that you give us strength to resolve conflict. We thank you for it. We ask you for it. And we believe that it's done right now. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Yes. Who <laughs> she's all ready for another one. Okay, memory verse. Proverbs 11:25. Is it at the top of your notes? Yes. Check um babe, I think it's at the top of your notes. The generous will prosper. Those who refresh others will themselves be refreshed. I got a real quick bonus prayer I want to pray. I just felt really led by the Holy Spirit. Just bow your heads and close your eyes one more second. I want you just right now, in the name of Jesus, I want you to agree with me. We break every negative word that's been spoken over you. I break lies. I break negative words spoken over you by a man in your life, by a father, a mother, a teacher, a leader, a boss. Anybody who has ever spoken a word over you that was negative, where they demeaned you or they told you that you weren't enough or they told you you were stupid or they told you you were ugly, in the name of Jesus, I break those negative words over your mind. I break the strongholds that they've created over your mind and I speak that you are free right now in the name of Jesus. You won't be free to speak positive words unless you're free yourself. So I speak right now that you are free in the name of Jesus and that Life-giving words are being spoken over you, even if you have to do it yourself right now in Jesus' name. I believe when we call it done, everybody agree in Jesus' name? Amen. Amen.